Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our Jesus Continued Sermon Series. This series digs deeper into who the Holy Spirit is, the Spirit's role, and why God desires for us to live Spirit-led lives. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select Contact Us, and send us an email. So we're in this series called Jesus Continued. We're talking about the Holy Spirit all this month. And, and I'm excited about it. Uh, I, I, I'm excited about what we're going to learn, how we're going to grow closer to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, recognizing that He's real, that for believers in Jesus Christ, He lives within us. I, I am encouraging you to, to get a copy of this book called Jesus Continued. I was just told this is the last copy, so if anybody wants it, you can uh, get it after the service. Uh, you can also go to our website. You can find out how to purchase a hard copy or electronic copy. So I, en- I encourage you to do it. It's one of the best books that I've read on the Holy Spirit, and it's, it's helped me uh, a lot. So the other thing that I want to encourage you to do, last week we prayed uh, into the service praying, you know, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Holy Spirit, guide us. Holy Spirit, be real in our lives. So I, I want to encourage you to share uh, with one another, but also share with me uh, what the Holy Spirit is revealing to you in your life. And uh, over the weeks, we want to invite people up to share, those who want to, to share what God's doing. Today, we're going to share, uh, we're going to invite Cynthia Poff to come up, my wife, and she's going to share how the Holy Spirit's been speaking to her. It's me again. I am just so um, excited to share uh, what God's been doing in my own life. I'm going to be a little transparent today, which is always good in the body of Christ. Um, I've had a tough month. My mom was uh, gathered up. We, in the South, we say gathered up. She was gathered up into the arms of Jesus uh, four weeks ago. And I got to be with her during that really sacred time. And I'm so grateful. She leaves my dad, who's 94, battling cancer, never lived alone. They were married for 66 years. Uh, I, I left him for a month, and then I'm going to go and, uh, and get him and uh, bring him up to Connecticut. A lot of things going on. I'm a teacher in Suffield. I have the opportunity every day to go in and to be with amazing kids, and it is truly a joy in my life. This time of year is kind of like an accountant's April. It's crunch time with a lot of paperwork and a lot of deadlines. But for me, I've really fed into the kids, and I love them. And uh, I've had a great year, and I can't remember a year that I've said, I cannot wait for this to be over. Uh, But this year especially has just been a really tender year, and I'm feeling a little bit sad. I'm going to miss them, but I know that that that's how it goes. They move on, and, and so do I. So the end of school this Thursday, I'm not looking forward to it, you know, but I know Maybe Thursday at 1 o'clock we'll all be (laughs) looking forward to it. A lot of things going on in the past month uh, in our life as well. And uh, I'm I'm not a person that experiences anxiety, but the night has had a hold on me lately. And I haven't been eating and I haven't been sleeping, and I'm waking up at 3 a.m. with the hamster wheel going, going, going. 
And I woke up about a week and a half ago, and the words that were spinning were, what if? What if your dad gets into a car crash? What if, what if, what if, what if? And the what ifs just kept spinning. I'm not a person that watches TV. I got up, it's 3.33, I go downstairs, and I turn on the TV. All right, it's, it's not something that I would have done. And when I turn on the TV, there's a, a pastor jumping on stage going, what if, what if, what if, what if? And I'm like, no, no. No, those are my words. That's what I brought. You got to bring something better than what if because I'm bringing the what if. But, but the, the Holy Spirit literally used those words, what if, that I was spinning on to this pastor, Steve Furtick, from Elevation Church in North Carolina. And he was teaching on Acts 27, 22. I'm going to read the scripture to you. It says, but now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. See, not one of us will be lost means that he knows where you are. He hasn't left you. He's with me. Not one of you will be lost, he says. He's so good, you know, because those waves, he still, he still knows the waves and the wind. And he's so personal that this is how he goes on with that scripture. Last night, an angel of the God whose I am and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid. You see, he just had me, and he wanted me to know, I haven't left you. I'm right here. So even if the what if happens, I'm here because not one of you will be lost. So I just wanted to let you know kind of how the Holy Spirit's been working in my life in so many ways, just as he is over your life every day. And I just wanted you to know that through the Holy Spirit, just like Michael prayed, that through the Holy Spirit, it is well with my soul. Let me pray for you, honey, and uh, pray for all of us. Yes, please show your appreciation. <laughs> Father, we're just so thankful for how you're, you're speaking through your spirit to Cynthia, that you've given her ears to hear and eyes to see, and you've spoken to her through your spirit and through your word. And Lord, I pray that for each one of us, that we would hear, that you'd give us ears to hear, that we would see, that you would give us eyes to see. And Lord, I pray that in this message that you would do the same. So bless her, bless all of us, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. We're in the second week of this series, and it's also the second week in Pentecost. And, and today I'm going to read the scriptures from Pentecost. They're not going to be on the screen, so if you have a Bible or the Bible app, open up to Acts chapter 2. Uh, if you go, go to the version outline, it's also there. So here we go, beginning in, in um, uh, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each of them heard their own language being spoken. 
utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Eliamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him. As you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Therefore, let all of Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Savior. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 people were added to their number that day. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. So, so let me give you some background. So first century Israel, oh, this is just after Jesus' death and resurrection and his ascension into heaven. It is actually... 50 days after Good Friday, which was all, Good Friday was also Passover uh, for Jews. And so Pentecost is a Jewish festival, just like Passover is a Jewish festival. There are three major Jewish festivals, festivals in Judaism, Passover, Pentecost, and uh, um, say it again. <laughs> Tabernacles. I have lost that in my mind. Tabernacles. Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And think this through. Uh, in the history of Judaism, uh, the Babylonians and the Assyrians deported Jews to their countries. And so Jewish people lived in the known world all over. But on these three festival days, they would return to Jerusalem to celebrate and to sacrifice and do what Scripture tells them to do. So there were people from all the known areas of the world who spoke languages that were uh, other than Hebrew. And when the Holy Spirit came down on Pentecost, it enabled this small group of believers, roughly about 120, to be able to speak in the known languages that they didn't know themselves, they hadn't learned. 
and they were able to testify to the wonders of God and it's what we see going on and so we understand that context why that's so important so this morning I want to share with you what God's purpose was in Pentecost for then and for now for us so the first thing that I want to tell you this is that we need to understand that, that this Pentecost pour, outpouring of the Holy Spirit was was foretold John the Baptist in Matthew 3 we read this I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus said, and it's recorded in the Gospel of John, he said this to his disciples, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. The advocates the Holy Spirit. And again, Jesus said this, and we read it in the first chapter of the book of Acts. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So, the first thing that you need to understand is the purpose of Pentecost is to fill us with the Holy Spirit. To fill us with the Holy Spirit. Let me go back and just read a couple of verses from Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled him. A miraculous thing happened on Pentecost when the Holy Spirit filled those believers this little band of believers who were huddled in a room together felt a rushing wind and they saw tongues of fire over one another's heads and they were given this miraculous ability to speak in languages that they did not know. Luke and the other followers understood that what they had witnessed was what John the Baptist and Jesus had foretold. That what happened in that room was the Holy Spirit coming and baptizing them with the Spirit, and fire. It was a fulfillment of a prophetic word from John the Baptist, and it was a fulfillment of a promise from Jesus who said in another place, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. You will know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So at that time when Jesus told that to the disciples, he said, listen, the Holy Spirit lives with you. He lives with us all. He's present all over. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. But he's saying, on the day of Pentecost, he will live in you. So the purpose of the day of Pentecost is to understand that, that the Holy Spirit came to live in everybody who believes in Jesus Christ and follows him. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you believe in him, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Here, here's the second reason that we understand God did this on the day of Pentecost. He did it to show us that the gospel is for all people, for all people. So remember, uh, after there was a mighty rushing wind that moved the believers out of their places of hiding into the open part of mar the market square of Jerusalem, and there it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the, the Spirit enabled them, and it goes through all the list of all the people who heard the disciples 
declaring the wonders of God. Pentecost. People from all over the world came to visit Jerusalem. And they were astonished to hear ordinary Galileans, most of them who had never lived more than 50, gone more than 50 miles from their hometown, they heard them speak their native languages perfectly. And J.D. Greer says this, and it's a hilarious illustration. He says, it's, it's like the cast of Duck Dynasty speaking perfect Mandarin Chinese, okay? And think that through, okay? I mean, Galilee, Galilee was uh, a little country, just to put it that way. And Galileans had a distinct accent. And so what we need to understand here is that the first time the Holy Spirit preaches a message through people, he does it in all the languages of the known world. So think that through. What does that mean? That means that the Holy Spirit isn't just a Jewish thing. It's not just a Hebrew thing. It's for all people. That the gospel is for all people. So when the Holy Spirit came down, it reminded all those people of what God had done through Jesus and that they could be saved by faith in him. Now, this is, this is pretty amazing because think about this. If you, if you know anything about other world religions, particularly Islam, you know, Islam, if you're going to be a convert to Islam, they say the way you can really hear God's voice, the, really the only way you can hear God's voice according to Islam is by learning Arabic. So in other words, you have, to, you have to learn a brand new language to do that. But so here's the Holy Spirit speaking to all people in their own languages. The first time the Holy Spirit preached the gospel, he did so in all these languages at once because God intended the movement of the gospel to express itself in the richness of cultural diversity. This is so significant because we see what that did for the church. Remember that Christianity has its roots in Judaism. And so when the church began to grow, it began to struggle with this fact that the Holy Spirit revealed that the gospel is for everyone because even in the church there was a, there was a conflict between Paul and Peter and, and their leaders because Peter was saying, listen, to be a Christian means you have to become Jewish. You have to take on our forms and our functions and you have to be circumcised. And Paul would say, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Look, I've seen people accept the gospel of Jesus Christ and receive the Holy Spirit and they weren't circumcised. So he said, said we got to deal with this. And so they had this big conference and I suspect there were a lot of raised voices because people felt passionately about it. But what they realized was that the gospel of Jesus Christ wasn't a Jewish thing. It was for all people. And it didn't have to become Jewish to be a follower of Jesus. You just had to believe in him and receive it. So God used Pentecost to fill us with the Holy Spirit and to show us that the gospel is for all people. Think about that. Think about all the people you know. The good news of Jesus Christ is for them. Here's the third purpose of Pentecost. It's to empower us to spread the gospel to the world. 
Remember what happened? Peter stood up with the 11. We read in verse 14 and following. He raised his voice and he addressed the crowd. He said, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain. Listen carefully. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire, the billows. He, He goes on. So for those 12 disciples and the other 108 who had gathered in that room on Pentecost Sunday, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit changed everything. Before that day, they struggled to understand what Jesus had been saying. They struggled to understand what the Old Testament was pointing to. But afterward, they realized that the entire Old Testament pointed prophetically and symbolically to the life and redeeming work of Jesus Christ. What had previously been shrouded in mystery suddenly became completely clear. For that day, the disciples, for, for before that day, the disciples were timid and afraid and, and hiding behind locked doors. But after that day, the Holy Spirit filled them and gave them boldness and confidence. And they proclaimed Jesus in public squares. They proclaimed Jesus in synagogues when arrested and threatened with beatings or worse, they didn't stop preaching. They said, no, I'm not going to stop. They no longer feared the disapproval of people. The Holy Spirit came to empower the followers of Jesus Christ, then and now, every generation since, to be able to share the fullness of the good news of Jesus Christ. We see that fulfillment in the scripture where we see from the book of Joel. Peter quotes, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And Peter, once fearful and afraid, stands up and through the power of the Holy Spirit preaches a message that turns the hearts of 3,000 people to accept Christ. This is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit works in ordinary people to share the message of Jesus Christ, empowers us to share what he means, gives us gifts to build up the church and one another, and gives us power to share about Jesus. So the purpose of Pentecost is to fill believers with the Holy Spirit so we could be filled with power, so we could have gifts to share the good news with everyone. And there's one more reason why the Holy Spirit came to us. To help us walk in righteousness and love. Pastor Robert Morris has written this, and I'll paraphrase what he says, but for the first time, Since the fall of humanity in the garden, the coming of the indwelling, living in us, Holy Spirit empowered people to walk righteously on this earth. We know that Jesus came to make us righteous positionally. In other words, his death and resurrection put us in the right standing with God. But we often miss the fact that the Holy Spirit empowers us to live in a way consistent with that righteous position in Christ. 
When the Holy Spirit fills a person's life, amazing things happen. A previously dead human spirit is regenerated by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit writes a new law upon the heart of all believers. And it's not the Old Testament. The new law Jesus gave us was to love the Lord our God with all our heart and to love one another as ourselves. When a person receives a full release of the Holy Spirit's power, he or she receives the empowerment to walk in love and in righteousness. In other words, you can't walk righteously without the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is what the Apostle Paul was sharing with us when he wrote the book of Romans. In the book of Romans, the first verse, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for us. Now the word therefore says, look back to what I just wrote. Now remember, Paul, Paul didn't write with chapters and verses. He was writing a letter. And previously, just verses before, this is what he wrote in chapter 7. And it expresses the thoughts that every frustrated Christian can identify with. He says, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? So Paul's reminding us that we are righteous positionally in chapter 8. And then he goes on to describe the key to living in a way that is consistent with our position. And that's what it says in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And he continues. By explaining the difference between living in accordance with the old flesh natures and living in the Spirit. And this is what he says. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And again and again, Paul emphasizes the role of the Holy Spirit enabling and empowering us to live lives that are in line with the righteous position Jesus purchased for us through his blood. Let me read a couple more verses from chapter 8. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, you, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ if indeed we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together so what these verses are telling us is that we can cultivate a friendship with the Holy Spirit and yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit's influence and we can cease feeling like wretched people only when we stop doing the bad things we don't want to do and succeed in doing the good things we want to do through the power of the Spirit, not through our own power. So the purpose of Pentecost was to pour out the Holy Spirit on all believers, to fill us with power 
and with gifts to spread the gospel to the world through us and to help us walk in righteousness and love, sharing the gospel with everyone we meet. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up because we're going to, in a minute, we're going to pray and, and, and we're going to move into a song and just inviting the Holy Spirit to speak to us and move in us. When you came to believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God poured out the Holy Spirit in you. With the Holy Spirit in you, you've been given the power and you've been given gifts that, you're, that you need to share Christ with all people. And you've been given the ability to walk in righteousness and love. Doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean you've arrived. But the Holy Spirit is in you to do these things. But here's what you need to know. The Holy Spirit is gentle. The Holy Spirit's not going to force you to do something you don't want to do. You need to yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. You need to say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Give me ears to eat to hear Holy Spirit let me see what you want me to see from your word in in this world give me eyes to see and then when the spirit nudges or speaks or reveals something to you trust him and walk forward I want to pray for you again like we did last week so I'm going to invite you to go ahead and stand up and as you stand I, I want you to just Position yourself in a, in a demonstration that says you're yielded. It may just be with your hands down. It may be with your hands up. It may be in an act of surrender with your, your hands up. Whatever it is. And, and as you do, I, I want to pray that the Holy Spirit will have his way. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we yield our wills to the will of God. Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear your voice and help us respond. Holy Spirit, give us eyes to see and help us take it in and respond. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Holy Spirit, guide us. Holy Spirit, empower us to be your witnesses at home, in our neighborhoods, at work, in our cars, at school, wherever we go. Holy Spirit, help us walk in the paths of righteousness. Help us not walk by the flesh, but walk by the Spirit that you've empowered. Help us to walk in love. Help us know that we're not condemned, but that we are sons and daughters of the Father. We have an inheritance. We're heirs of what this Father has given us. So Holy Spirit, We yield ourselves to you. We understand the purpose of why you came on Pentecost. You're not to be feared. You love us and you want the best for us. So Holy Spirit, blow through our lives and help us understand it's you. Speak, let us hear. Move, let us see. And most of all, Help us respond. We surrender ourselves to you, Holy Spirit. Amen.
Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.